see fit. Hope everyone's having a good finish to their week here. Just going to give maybe another minute or so and then can kick off. If anyone does have questions that's joining, please feel free to use the call-in function. I'll bring people up and we can take it from there. I want to kick off maybe just as a prompt for for others. And again, as I mentioned, if, you, if you're joining um, any questions, use the call-in function. I'll bring people up and we can do a, uh, a live jam and an interesting back and forth discussion. The, f- the first thing and the first topic that had kind of sparked wanting to do this was um, around my most recent newsletter topic, which was this whole concept of intellectual sparring partners. Um, this is something that I've kind of mused on or talked about at random times in the past. Uh, this whole idea that we all have and, and seek out lots of friends, um, but that friends are much easier to come by than sparring partners. And, you know, I define sparring partners as basically people who have a combination of background competency and personality that make them well-positioned or well-suited to really push your thinking and to challenge and push your reasoning and thinking around different topics. Um, And, you know, I think it's something that we don't often think about enough is finding the people who will do this for us. It's very easy to find the sort of uh, yes man or woman in your life, the friend who constantly supports you and cheers you on, which don't get me wrong. I think we need those type of people in our lives as well. Um, But the person who's willing to challenge you on things and to push your thinking or reframe things into a different way um, is always going to be uh, more valuable in, uh, in, in any context, because they're going to uh, advance the way and advance the levels on which you're, you're considering uh, considering various things in your life. So to just bring this to life briefly, um, the personal story that I shared this week was, was a very real one for me. And it was with Sean Puri, who a lot of you probably know, um, my first million host, also just like a general entrepreneur, tech guy, social media influencer, I suppose, uh, a friend of mine, but more so than a friend, someone that I consider a sparring partner. And, Mainly, um, in in his case, he's a sparring partner for me because he is total no nonsense, direct, uh, and doesn't really care whether you like him or not when he says something to you. Which I really admire about him. You know, he's like just willing to be very direct. And so I was having a conversation with him. This is now about a year ago, um, and I was at like a tough spot in my life. I was trying to figure out what to do next from a career perspective and was a little bit at a loss for what to do. And he basically just asked me to lay it out and lay out how I was thinking about the problem. And so I laid it out for him and said I was choosing between sort of going and joining another investment fund uh, or going off and doing my own thing and sort of creating my own universe around different things. And he had this just very clear, direct reframe of it, where he basically framed it up as choosing between doing the standard thing 
um, that kind of anyone could do or choosing to go do the thing that it sounded like I had a lot of energy around. And it's so funny because in hindsight, it sounds very obvious. And when I think about it, I'm like, well, no shit. Yeah, obviously that was the right decision. But in the moment, you get so caught up in, um, you know, whatever your natural biases or like embedded uh, perspectives are on things that you think you're supposed to do, that just that simple reframe can completely change your perspective around how something works or where it should go. Um, And it ended up being the main driver and reason behind my going off and, and going to work on my own things. And so it became a very, very powerful reframe for me. That was just one example among many in my life of a sparring partner really uh, impacting the direction and course of, of things I was, I was working on or doing um, a really, really powerful one. So that's where I wanted to kick off. I do want to just bring people up to have casual discussion and, and uh, answer any questions or just jam on random topics. So anyone that's listening in right now, I know we've got a small group on, um, but anyone that's listening in would love to, uh, would love to have people up and just open up the floor for, um, for a discussion here. So use the call in function to, uh, to join me and I'll, I'll bring people up to prompt some additional discussion topics. Yeah, man, I was going to comment on that. Um, uh, I think, um, I think like, um, like what you said was really uh, like spot on was, was it's, it's relatively easy to find, let's say like a friend or maybe, um, uh, just right. Um, like, you know, just a person who you can kind of lean on, they'll say kind of yes, no, uh, um, not give like more like substance on that, or maybe just try to be like a people pleaser to, um, like to some sense, um, I think like the differentiation between someone who who may or may not uh, do that is 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 a I think it's like a if someone has a relatively like lack of confidence in themselves they don't tend to like maybe hold up on an opinion that that they may uh, feel is like true right or 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 maybe good for the person who's asking of it um, but I think it comes like also just down to like the way that you form like this type of like real of like this um, like relationship with someone, if it comes down to like, um, are you there for like a mutual kind of benefit or are you there to get something from them? Are they there to get something from you? Um, It's, it's, it's like a, like there's friends who I have and right. I'm like, we all went to college um, all together and, and, and it's been really like, just like good and useful because like we'd all go to work. We'd come back home. Like we all live together. I'm like in a house, I'm like a six bedroom house. Like six of us would just kind of come back to the house and just kind of chat about just like random stuff, right. On like a business idea or, or, or just like sports talk and stuff like that. And it's, um, it's always, I found the ones that kind of pushed back on my thinking or kind of had thoughts that were maybe a little different than mine, uh, to be the most, like just to be like the most like interesting, um, like conversations and ones that I tend to remember more. Um, yeah, I think you said a bunch of things there that, that were interesting. I mean, the first one is like, what is the type of person or their characteristics that make them willing to have those challenging conversations um, and push back on things? Cause I, I agree with you. I don't think that it's everybody. I think there are a lot of people who, um, you know, for one reason or another, are like afraid of, of conflict um, or the perception of conflict and, you know, a sparring session and a sparring partner, there is a degree of conflict just embedded in that um, from, you know, from a baseline uh, perspective. And so 
uh, an unwillingness to confront or to push back on things or to push back on embedded thinking, you know, makes it very, very difficult to do that. Um, so, I mean, I, I agree with you on the, on the premise there. I think it's also like a level of comfort uh, with the kind of psychological and emotional openness of a relationship. Um, I personally think that sparring partners are often people that you're not as close to actually, like from a life perspective, because it creates more safety and, you know, being vulnerable around these decision points. Like I think in, in the event, in the case of the Sean one, if Sean had been like my best friend in the world, Mm-hmm. Um, or someone super close to my family or someone I had spent my whole life with, I might've actually been more nervous to be open about a lot of those things with him as a result. And so it is interesting. Like I often think proximity actually makes it more challenging to have that, um, to have that type of relationship with somebody. Yeah. Um, that's actually pretty interesting. I, I, I yeah, like there's this thing that I've done with my friends where I, um, you know, like I've told them like very like personal details, like my salary and things like that, which I think many people may not tend to do um, um, to some sense or, or, or like, you know, kind of just give like details of my personal life that may not be like openly, like just like willing to share. And, and in some sense, it's, it's like you said, it depends what type of person it is, but I realize that the more like open I am about certain things, um, the more kind of, I guess like people tend to feel like I, I, um, I'm like, I'm like open to hear, uh, I guess like the brass truth because I, I, like, you know, there's not much that I'm hiding. Um, but I agree from a sense of like, let's say that I go to someone who I know, like through Twitter or like a friend who I, um, who I know, but not that well. Um, I feel like they have less to lose by giving you the actual truth. Right. Um, so, yeah. No, yeah. I, I mean, I think I think that's all. I think that's all very well said. And it's why I think you need to find these distinct people. It's why I like advocate for that generally is just, um, you know, f- finding the distinct person in your life that you identify this way um, that you can go to for like really. I mean, I call them sparring sessions, but like regular structured sessions around this exact thing because I, I find at least that at least on a monthly basis, I've encountered something that I need someone to push back on that I need a different perspective on. I find like, I I call it the, how am I being an idiot test? And (laughs) I I try to use it. I honestly, I use it for everything, but like in my investing, I try to use it where I will call. I I literally just got off the phone with one of my friends, uh, this guy, Julian Shapiro, uh, who you guys probably know. He's like at Julian on Twitter. Um, Yep. Brilliant guy. But I, um, I call him frequently to just say like, Hey, I'm thinking of making this investment. How am I being an idiot here? And I find it to be such a helpful framing because if someone is willing to tell you how you're being an idiot, uh, it is massively revealing and you're not able to tell yourself because we have these defense mechanisms in place uh, psychologically and emotionally with ourselves where we like we don't like to admit to ourselves that we're being an idiot. And so you need people in your life that are kind of willing to tell you that. And sometimes, you know, it can be your wife or your partner or your uh, sibling or things like that. But again, the psychological and emotional proximity to those people can make it quite tough, um, to, uh, to have in that way. Um, Ruchi, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna butcher the uh, pronunciation of your name. So I'm going to bring you up. Um, and I would love for you to pronounce your name for me. <laughs> Do you go by Ruchi? 
Yeah, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> it took my first full name, but I I just go by Ruchir. Okay, Ruchir, welcome. What's going on? Thanks, Sahil. I appreciate it. I'm I'm really enjoying this conversation, and I honestly just came with the intention to listen. Um, but some cool points were said, and I, and I was just wondering if you had any thoughts on how does one start to find these people, right? Because you said best friends might not be the best people for this job or this role in your life. Um, but you can only start with the people that you're close to because ideally in, in a perfect situation, in a scenario and in a world, which is absolutely perfect. Those are the people you're the most vulnerable with. And those are the people you share the most with. So how do you find, how do you find those people? How do you go about getting those people in your life? Yeah, it's a great question. It's probably the most challenging question. My general perspective on this is that the best sparring partners are like secondary, like secondary or tertiary connections. Um, and so, like for me, the people that I consider my sparring partners in my life, Sean is one of them. Um, you know, uh, Alex Lieberman would probably be another one, the morning brew guy. And neither one of those guys was like people I've known my whole life. They were new-ish friends that I had met through Twitter um, that I knew had different backgrounds than me, but that were analytical, smart, uh, driven, et cetera. And so like my, my best advice and guidance around this would be to kind of think about like, if you mapped out your relationships, you sort of have your like inner circle of people that you know, and then you have a secondary circle of people that you've spent some time with or that, you know, you know, through work or through, professional relationships, LinkedIn, Twitter, somewhere like you've interacted with them, you know, they're sharp, you know, that you respect them on some level, um, but you don't have that like depth of proximity from a psychological and emotional standpoint with them. And then basically just reach out, um, you know, just like continue to build that little bit of relationship with them and, and seek them out for, you know, an advice or, or kind of uh, battle session. And, and, you know, the powerful thing about this that I find is that people are generally really willing to do this, um, especially in this day and age where I feel like growth culture um, is more mainstream and well accepted. Like, I think if you find someone in your general age bracket, um, they are going to be really willing to do this because they're looking for the same thing. And you'd be shocked at how many people you could just ping that would say like, oh, hell yeah, I would, I would love to do that too. Cause I'd love you to push my thinking or reasoning on this in a safe environment as well. So uh, I know it's, it's somewhat unfulfilling to say like scan your network and the audience, but it's really the best, best approach to it. Yeah. That actually makes a lot of sense. And kind of just a quick follow up on that. How do you kind of differentiate between if you've been given conflicting opinions by two of your partners, like how do you, how does that work? How does that role play out into you making a final decision? Yeah. Uh, so this is like about developing your own lenses, right? Uh, and your own judgment that kind of gets overlaid on top. I never, one thing that sparring partners, I don't think are um, appropriately uh, set up for is to tell you the answer to something. So like when you have a sparring session, the whole point is not for someone to be like, here's the answer. Uh, here's what it is. X, you should go do that. Give you advice uh, because they don't have all of the detail. They don't have all the information about the different things on your side and the different ways, the money, like, well, all of the different inputs and, and, um, and information they don't have context around. 
what the point is, is for them to give you a different lens through which to look at it, a different angle, a different perspective um, to kind of like punch and chip away at the way uh, at your kind of embedded biases that are holding you back from seeing it in a different way. Uh, and so what I find is just have that and then develop your instincts and commercial judgment and uh, as kind of the overlay to it. And what you should seek out in general in life is to have like those five or 10 people that will give you all of these different lenses through which to look at something. And then you can overlay and make your own decisions and, and, and pass your own judgments on them. Um, I've often had people, I mean, I had uh, in the same instance that Sean gave me that reframe that I mentioned, um, I had two other people who gave me uh, the exact opposite. I mean, not, not who said like, oh, you should go do this, but who had basically given me an angle through which to look at it that guided me towards what was my embedded bias. And what I found was that when Sean reframed it, that was the click moment for me where it was a totally new lens and it allowed me to kind of break through and, and think about it in a different way. So I just think that all of this comes down to um, taking a new lens, a new angle, a new vision, and then, you know, applying your own judgment and decision-making alongside it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Appreciate that, Sahil. I think Blake's on the call as well, so I'd love to give him the awesome. floor now. Awesome. Thank you so much, Rachir. Of course. The man, the myth, the legend. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I just had to hit the button. What's happening, man? What's going on? We're yeah. on the topic of intellectual sparring partners. I feel like you might be one of my sparring partners, so this is uh, fortuitous. I was, uh, I just came in a little late, but I, I heard the topic and it made me think of um, actually the COO of my business um, is that for me. Um, and it just, it made me think of a story from early on when I, he actually, we got a little bit of a strange work relationship. He actually w worked as a consultant for our business. Um, and then he was a really good consultant. Um, he was that sparring partner for us as a business. He would pop in as a consultant and reframe how we were looking at things and say, man, uh, why are you looking at it this way? Why don't you look at it from this perspective? And long story short, we, we finally said, man, uh, this guy's really good and we should just try and hire him. So we did. And uh, one day he came in and I was working on a, like a year end inventory project and, you know, trying to do projections. And it was one of those situations where I'd just been looking at it for too long. And I was just mired in a space of making it way more complicated than it need, needed to be. And he popped in with fresh eyes and said, dude, um, you're making this too hard, uh, cut this, add that, move this, and you're done. And it was just like bringing someone else in totally reshaped and took something that was, just gave me a totally different way of looking at it. And I, I kind of had an oh shit moment of, oh uh, yeah, this is, I was looking at this all wrong. Um, so, so yeah, you need those people that are, that are willing to walk in and say, what the hell are you doing? Why are you yeah, doing that? Yeah, tell you that? you're an idiot. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's, that's what he did. He, 
he walked in and I had, you know, I had just, you know, slaved over this thing for weeks and, you know, in an effort of, you know, I'm trying to impress him. I'm trying to do a good job. I, you know, I want, he's new, he's the COO. I, you know, I want to look good. Right. And in, in trying to look good, uh, I ended up looking bad by, you know, taking so much time and then ultimately not turning out a great product. And he just walked in in five minutes said, Hey, you idiot. Um, You've way overcomplicated this. Cut these 15 things out of it. That's all I need. And you're done. And I was like, shit, where, you know, where were you two weeks ago? So there's also, I mean, there's also like a funny lesson here on um, figuring out how to be your own sparring partner on things when you're going to be stuck or needing to make like a very, very quick decision where you're not going to have time to go to one of your sparring partners. And I like, as you were, as you were talking there, one of the things that jumped out to me was that whole idea of like fresh eyes. And it's something that we don't often talk about, but the, like the ability to very quickly um, sort of like get fresh eyes on something from yourself is so powerful. It's, it's why I go for walks as often as I do during the course of the day. Cause I just find that like, you can be working on something and generally I find that like over an hour you can no longer be truly fresh and creative on something. And so I force walks in order to, uh, you know, in order to kind of reset, like I will, I mean, I try to every hour really, if I can, but basically go for like a five minute walk or do like 20 push ups or, you know, uh, go get a coffee or something like just do something that forces that freshness. Cause I do find that all of a sudden you can see things from a completely new perspective or angle. If you just have some level of freshness to it and like a walk is so powerful. Cause if you do it without technology, uh, which I always advocate for, you're walking around, you know, you're the fresh air, et cetera. Like it just does, um, create, uh, you know, a kind of a new awareness of, of different alternatives and different options. There's this great quote that I'm trying to find. Um, Anne Lamott, I think she's an author. Um, and it's, uh, almost everything will work again if you unplug it for a few minutes, including you. (laughs) Um, and I thought that was, I I always loved that quote. I thought it was so good. I think I first heard it from like Tim Ferriss maybe, or someone had written it. Uh, or tweeted it. And I think it's so true and so good. Um, because we like, especially in corporate culture, um, when you're like head down and supposed to grind, there's just so little opportunity to, uh, unplug yourself and plug yourself back in and to just like take the practice of doing that and make it a mainstay of your schedule is a really, really easy way to, to drive this. Yeah, no, couldn't, couldn't agree more. I've actually, um, I'm actually walking around uh, through through a warehouse at the moment for for the sole purpose of walking away from my desk and not staring at the spreadsheet I've been staring at for three hours. Um, Trying. Ah. Sorry, Blake. I accidentally kicked you off stage while trying to make you a speaker so that I could bring Shane up on with us. Shane, if you just unmute, you will be good to uh, to speak here. Hey, man. You 
are breaking up a little bit. I don't know if that's on my end or yours. Shane, are you there? I hope so. I think oh, I'm back I can now, am I? Now. Yeah, yep, yeah. No, I just dropped in. Say hello. Hey, what's going on? What's on your mind? Not much, man. I've just been recently kind of found a new kind of avenue with Discord, dropping into like philosophical chats and stuff like that, and just talking about stuff. Yeah, I mean, what's the most crazy. recent interesting philosophical topic? That uh, that you've come across. Um. Well, there was one last night that I like. I ended up on a podcast that 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 I've been following. I just again, it's half because I'm kind of completely illiterate with with this calling app, and I keep calling. I keep being a caller rather than a listener. But uh, last night I dropped in, and they were talking about um reasons reasons for gods, like you know, like they were talking about apologetics and like, you know, uh, is is there any arguments for the existence of God? And they were arguing about that. Not arguing, discussing it, going through all the different theories that all the different apologists and all make and all that about like why there has to be a God and why, why they believe he's all powerful and all that. And then it kind of, kind of, I don't know, the way it wrapped up for me anyway, was that it kind of went down a thing of like the word God it's kind of like the word communism and there's many different strands of God. If you get me as it, as there are strands of communism and like if one person sees it, like some people see God as all powerful and then some people see, I don't know, like God could be the person who wrote the script, started up the server, like simulation theory and that, you know, this took a turn in a direction that I didn't expect, but I sort of love it. Uh, yeah, I, man, uh, I don't know. You do, you hit me on, with the question. The... I thought I'd give an honest answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love it. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was totally I, uh, caught off guard so, by by this. But I love this, it. This, I um, line of so I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take it in a slightly different direction. But my latest. So I often ask people. By the way, like this is a great hack. By the way, for everyone on life hack. Um, when yeah. you're next at like a cocktail party or at an awkward dinner or event and people are, you know, look, you're like looking for something to ask people. A great question to ask is what is the latest thing that you've developed a childlike obsession with or a childlike curiosity with? It's a great question because it gets people talking about things that they're excited about. And uh, mine, my most recent one is uh, space and interstellar travel. Uh, and I, I don't like, I, I've, I've always loved sci-fi, love sci-fi, um, project Hail Mary. If no one has ever read it, if you haven't read it, it is so, so damn good. Uh, but this latest obsession is because I, um, recorded something with Tim Urban, the wait, but why author. And he's like weirdly obsessed with space. And he basically sent me down this absurd rabbit hole, but for the last week, I have been just nonstop consuming content about space. And so I'm going to hit you with like two or three interesting, super random facts about space that okay. I recently learned that I think Good. are fascinating. Uh, so first off, there's this thing called the Boots Void, B-O-O-T-E-S Void, which is this massive like 80 million light year across void in space that... 
basically there's nothing in it and no one really knows why uh because like uh if you were to look at this this amount of space if it were to have the normal density of galaxies that it should have it should have like millions of galaxies in it and instead of that it has like 60 or something like that like basically nothing it's just empty and no one knows why it's like totally um it's totally confusing to scientists and one of the theories about it is that there is a uh civilization of intelligent life within that void somewhere that has developed uh, a level of energy usage uh, like like an emf type thing it's called like kardashev uh there's a kardashev scale of like how much energy you're harnessing and it's it's achieved the level where they've harnessed all of the energy from uh their galaxy and so basically it's like from the outside looking in it looks black because it's and so that's why it looks like a void so it's the north it's the north korea of space yeah (laughs) something (laughs) like that Nothing like that. So that is your <laughs> random space fact of the day. There will be plenty more coming from me on the random space facts front because uh, this is just all that I'm reading and learning about right now. Uh, Cosmos, the Neil deGrasse Tyson show, if people haven't watched it, also now, awesome. I've, and... I've, got, I've got a take on interstellar travel. That like okay, something, a, a question of it that I just can't get my head around, right? So when you're, when you're in space and it's supposed to be a vacuum of space... And so if you're shooting out particles out the back of your rocket to move forward, is it, should it not be pushing against some other, like, you know, like <laughs> if you get me the, the propellant of, of the actual, like of the, of the blast has nothing to push against. So how can you gain momentum in that? You know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not enough of a physicist to answer the question. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Uh, no, but, no, but, but it's, it's just, actually... it's just, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting yeah. kind of take on it. I just, I just haven't been able to get my head up around it, like you know. Yeah, I, I'm sure I will look this up later tonight, and I'm going to circle back to you with a response. Um, right, stuff. I look forward I, to. Uh, it. <laughs> it, it is Thursday evening, and everyone has better things to do than uh, hear me wax poetic on space and interstellar travel and display my poor uh, physics knowledge. So I will let everyone mm. uh, go off to their bigger and better things. Shane, appreciate you coming in with. Uh, Cheers for having me, man. That great random thread that, uh, that yeah, I really yeah. enjoyed. Blake, uh, awesome. Rajir, Tesh, everyone, thank you guys so much. And uh, until next time, we'll talk soon. See ya. Catch you later, man. <laughs>